Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Stu Baca, and I'm a Gen X grown-up. And I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon. And you should, too, at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to this, the backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, of course, is George. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, you know that Mo is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? The backtrack is, as you know, where we take a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. And look, we all love movies and have a particular affinity for the films we watched and enjoyed growing up in the 80s. But we often hear it said of some of our favorites, actually, that movie could never be made today. <laughs> Grumble, grumble, people say, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that got us thinking. So in this backtrack, we're going to run through a few of those notorious films and weigh in on whether or not we believe they would be made today. Or further, would we greenlight them right. with our mm. production company? What do we the think? The production company, right? Would we do in it? In the current climate. That's right. What would mm-hmm. we do? So that's the premise. And we'll get to that in just a minute. First, though, it is time for some fourth listener email. Now, the fourth listener this time around is Vern. He's written us several times. Devoted listener. His email is based on the Purple Rain uh, album backtrack that we did. Oh, okay. And his subject line of his email is, Not My Prince. Oh, so okay. Here we go. Vern says, now don't get me wrong, that's always a great intro to any email. (laughs) (laughs) You know there's some shit about to go down if you're on MLK Drive, right? Yep, yep. I don't mean to offend you, but... (laughs) Yeah, so he says, now don't get me wrong, I love the sense of nostalgia that your shows normally bring. I just did not feel that for the Prince Purple Rain podcast. Okay. I still listen to, and I enjoyed the podcast, I just have no good memories associated with Prince. All right, well, that's fine. That's not like we don't like Prince. It was just not for him. I I don't like Succotash, so there you go. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I like canned peas. Some people don't like canned peas. It's whatever works for you. (laughs) He goes on, though, to explain what he did resonate with and why he was listening to something different. He says, in 1984, I was obviously in a different place musically than you guys were. 84 saw the release of a very important album to me, Ronnie James Dio's The Last in Line, an album that was a defining part of the music that would become the soundtrack of my life. Okay. When I hear people say the soundtrack of my life, it's almost a hackneyed term, but I get it. Yeah, I do too. When you have that music that just takes you back to a certain time of your life, I mean, when people say the soundtrack of my life, that's serious love for music. So Mm -hmm. I, I get that. Uh, he says, it was a tape that I received as a gift and played until it wore out. Yeah, I've done that with some albums too. 
Right. It's the tape, the cassette, right? Yep. You get the metal and the tape just falls off because it stops working. <laughs> and they start stretching. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he goes on to list several other defining music for him that he prefers to Prince in 1984. So Twisted Sisters, Stay Hungry. Sure. Van Halen's 1984, appropriately enough. Great album. Uh, yeah. Deep Purple's comeback album, Perfect Strangers. Good. Judas Priest's Defenders of the Faith. So he was in a little different arena of music yeah. than I was listening to. Now, Van Halen, of course, I definitely heard. It sounds like he leans toward maybe some heavier metal in some cases or heavier rock uh, than I might yeah. listen to or Prince might have. But yeah, all good stuff. And frankly, all probably good contenders for a future backtrack. When you yeah, think seriously. About it. Yep. He wraps it up by saying, I could go on and on, and I'm no way putting you guys down for your love of the purple man. I guess my point is, we agree on lots of things, tech, toys, and otherwise, but if we had run into each other in 1984, we could still walk side by side, but our Walkmans would definitely be loaded with different tapes. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Well put. Yes. Yep. I see people on YouTube commenting on videos where I say this game is good or bad or whatever, and they go, you're just, you're crazy. That game was yeah. so good. I'm like, dude, it just means that you and I would have made some great Atari trades back in the day. Yeah. You take those cartridges and go, I'll give you this for that because you hate it and I love it. So there you go. No problem, Vern. He, he wraps it up saying, keep up the good work, guys. Vern. Awesome. Cool. cool. Yeah, I get it. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, hey, Vern, thank you for listening. Thank you for writing in. We appreciate you listening and we appreciate your writing. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it's drop dead easy. Just fire off an email to podcast at genxgrownup.com. Read every single one. And most of them, just like Vern's, will eventually make the show. All right. With that good business behind us, let's jump into the body of this backtrack right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. Do you like a good Weston that doesn't pull any punches? Have you ever seen such cruelty? Then don't miss the Mel Brooks epic. Yes? Blazing Saddles. Hey, where are the white women at? It's the way God intended Westerns to be. Sort of. Blazing Saddles, a TV 50 premiere, Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock movie. Let's get going talking about these films that people claim could not be made today, even though they were made back when we were kids in the late 70s and early 80s. And as a listener, let me just give you a warning that we're talking about political and social climate right now. So we might talk about some sensitive subjects. We might broach on areas of, you know, sensibilities of, you know, kind of how you lean politically. It's in no way to alienate anyone. If that bothers you, we'll just let you know now and you can listen to the next episode and skip this one if that is, uh, we want to let you know what you're, what, what you're in for because Let's talk about why these movies might or could not be made. So, uh, Mo, with that being said, why don't you get us started with the first one we're going to discuss? Yeah, I mean, we're going to hit the ground running with this one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So the first one we're going to talk about is Blazing Saddles, 1974, Mel Brooks classic. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 
We don't need no stinking badges. Now, for people who don't know the movie, can't imagine that many of you out there. Brief synopsis. In order to ruin a Western town, a corrupt politician appoints a black sheriff who promptly becomes his most formidable adversary. And it has Yvonne <laughs> Little, Gene Wilder, Slim Pickens, Harvey Corman, Mel Brooks is in it. I mean, yeah. amazing cast. And I found a lot of people who said this movie would get canceled. Yeah. Okay. A lot. <laughs> okay. So start us, what was like the overarching reason? What was the reason people thought you could not make it today? Well, I think Mel Brooks was just being Mel Brooks where he just like doesn't shy away from the racial references and mm-hmm. and, he, and I think he does it to make fun of the people who are racist and who are prejudiced. I mean, he over like he that's his purpose. Like and so to do that, he uses language that people would find very offensive today. Yes, yeah. But I think that it was effective. I guess you know in the sense that you know he was trying to shock you in the sense, right? He'd say things and was like, oh my god, I can't believe they said that. But again, it made the the right people look foolish, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I found a quote from Mel Brooks, uh, from some interview, uh, that I think is very pointed to comedy in particular, because, you know, this is a comedy film. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's okay not to hurt the feelings of various tribes and groups, he said. However, it's not good for comedy. (laughs) So I think it's fair to say that Blazing Saddle pokes fun at groups and stereotypes and behaviors of people, but doing it, it's not mean spirited. And well, I could, that's that's easy for me to say. I I guess that's in the eye of the beholder, whether or not something is mean spirited. Mel Brooks did not mean it in a mean spirited way, obviously. But he thinks that effectively, I think what he saying here, if I may paraphrase Mel Brooks, apologies, Mel, is that the oversensitivity to not offend people makes comedy more difficult to do because you have to be careful not to offend anybody. Almost impossible, I'd say almost. Maybe. I mean, for me, I had not watched the film up until preparing for this podcast. You guys make fun of me in the same way I make fun of John with Goonies. But sure, yeah. I, I sat and I watched it last night and I wanted to wait until right before the episode. So I, you know, had it fresh in my mind as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I noticed right away, under five minutes in, two highly charged racial slurs right out of the gate. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. And it made me immediately start thinking of Quentin Tarantino's experience with Django Unchained or with Django. Oh, yes. right. So, yeah, yes. not the original yeah, yeah, Django right. Unchained. Good point. But, Quentin Tarantino and uh, Jamie Foxx both have talked at length about how they were ostracized and ridiculed and people told them this will never fly and everything. And that film, Mm -hmm. Django, Mm -hmm. is a very good film, in my opinion. It's, Mm -hmm. It's period specific to the language that would have been in common use at the time. Now, this, though, is a comedy film, right? Mm -hmm. Django is a drama action kind of, you know, Quentin Tarantino film. It's almost its own genre. Um, (laughs) I don't know. We're going to get into this. We're talking about can these movies get made today versus Mm -hmm. what they were and how they were shocking slash offensive at the time they were released. Because of those changes in culture and because of all the, you know, the way that society has grown or changed or morphed or everything else over time, there are some things that are more offensive and some things that are far less offensive than they would have been back then. Mm. I didn't think about the ones that were less. Oh, good point. Right. I mean, like that whole line uh, where there it's all the different bad guys in the line, right? Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. all signing uh-huh. up to go ruin the town to go, you know. Right. And it's <laughs> essentially <laughs> like, badges. yeah, 27 different racial stereotypes, you know, with different, you know, the, the Spanish guys with mm-hmm. the bandoliers and everything. Mm-hmm. And they do yeah. the famous line, we don't need no sneaking badges. But that is less offensive today because of how humorous it's used 
used and because of the history of lines like we don't need no stinking badges as they have permeated society now. The first two racial slurs at the beginning of the film were by far the f- most offensive thing to me on the first viewing mm, yeah. than anything wow. else in okay. the film. Like there was some other stuff like the tawdry behind the curtains thing with the secretary. Oh yeah. And you know, the, <laughs> the obvious making fun of the mongoloid, which is a term that we definitely don't use anymore. Mongo. Mm-hmm. Right. But that stuff was, it was very surface. It wasn't very deep. And so therefore I just simply wasn't as offended as I might've been when this movie first came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they say that uh, people do comment that it's the racial tones in Blazing Saddles that probably is the primary reason that people say it couldn't get made today. But when you really dig into it, and Mo, you made this point kind of when we were talking on the phone the other day about it, is that if you actually watch it, most of the laughs in Blazing Saddles are at the expense of the majority of the white people of the non-minorities. But if you just look at it at its surface and you don't analyze like what is really happening here, you know, Mm. then really what you end up with like is this headline syndrome where you see, oh, someone is poking fun. Someone used a racial slur. Mm -hmm. People just read the headline and they don't read the article, right? They're like, oh, I know that's in the movie. Therefore, we're going to lash out and hate it without understanding the context. I don't know whether people even have the capacity to not prejudge a movie. Ironically, there's prejudice involved with the movie, whereas we're talking about prejudice in the movie. Mm -hmm. Whether they have the capacity of not prejudging it based on what they hear about on social media before they give it a chance to find out if it's actually justified. And I I think that's a... That, that's something that factors in when I think about whether or not it could be made today. Yeah. I mean, this also kind of remind me a lot of All in the Family, in a sense. Hmm. Yeah. If we had talked yeah, about Archie TV Bunker. shows, that one would have been on the list. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. But it was the same kind of thing where it's like he was making fun of people who were bigots and all that stuff. I and mean, that was the whole thing. Like he was right. showing it right. to make fun of it, you know, and to bring a service. But to do that, you have to have the bigot there doing bigoted right. things mm-hmm. in order to make fun of them. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, you don't, like, how do you know they're a bigot? And that's right? the part that I think people have trouble palading today. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing that Kevin Smith talked about in Chasing Amy, right? He's in the movie. He got a lot of ridicule in Chasing Amy for the line that Brody gives where he's talking about, Mm. you know, all every woman needs is a good deep dicking. Whether she's a lesbian or not, doesn't matter. (laughs) And people gave him crap for that, especially from the gay community. Mm -hmm. And and he said, look, did you not understand that I had the dumbest character in the film saying the dumbest Mm -hmm. thing? That was the point. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Instead, it's just a pull quote and people get mad about it. Exactly. Without knowing the context, yeah. that's that that headline syndrome. Yeah, it was funny because like my dad loved this movie. Mm-hmm. I watched it early. Too? Probably I was probably too young. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't get all the jokes for by far. You know, it's no, two. It's no. two. Did not understand that joke at all. Uh, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> I still do. think it's one of the funniest movies though out there, and especially for that time. And I think it did. Mm. Mel Brooks. I mean, I saw some of his later stuff, and he has not let up. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. Okay. So any other points, or shall we do a vote and see? I I think we're probably ready. I've got a question about our okay. vote because we're we're telling right. the okay, listeners, sure. right? We're saying yep. Gen X grown up green lights or doesn't green light this particular film for production today. Yeah. So my question mm-hmm. yeah. is, are we basing the red light or green light on the sensibilities or the offensiveness of the film? Or are we basing the red light green light on whether we think it's a good film or not? Uh, because those are two hmm. different things for me in yeah. this case. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I would say I'm going to vote based on whether or not I think the movie could survive in this current 
climate. And by surviving, you mean ethically or monetarily? Be somewhat successful or? Yeah, could it be successful? Would it be canceled? Would Gen X grown up the production company go bankrupt because of yeah. lawsuits, because of incidents? What, what are the things? I'm not judging subjectively on whether the movie was good, but could this movie, as is, unchanged, would we greenlight it today? Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to go I against the norm on this one, but let's go. <laughs> if you're going against the norm. Mo, why don't you start? Okay. What do so, you think? I guess I'm the norm. They, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> we'll we should make this norm. I, I would totally make this movie, especially, I'd say truth, I'd make it more today because I think we need to bring this stuff more attention to it and make fun of people. So I, I, I would totally say go with it. That's my vote too. I think this is the kind of, if we had more movies willing to push this boundary and not just being mean spirited, like I said, but yeah. actually poking fun at these sorts of things that make people so mad without thinking about them, that we would have to think about them more. So I think it would take some heat, but I would green light Blazing Saddles today. I would. So what do you think against the norm? Where'd you end up? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> against norm. the norm. I, I would 100% red light this film. I don't think it did enough of what you guys think it should do. I don't think it mm. enlightens people enough. And I don't mean that it's just offensive. I don't think it's even terribly offensive. To me, I watched it. I think the difficulty that I have is I don't have the nostalgic view. This is kind of like the Blues Brothers discussion that we had. I didn't okay. see it yeah. in the original day, so I don't have the humor sensibility that developed the nostalgia over the last 30, 40 years that you guys did watching this film back then. Okay. You watched it at a different point in your lives than I'm watching it now. To me, it's not that funny. It's not that offensive. Oh, I don't think it would no, make no. any money whatsoever. I think it would fall <laughs> flat on its face. And I think Rotten Tomatoes would probably give it a two. Wow. Okay. So, what, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from, George, but I think like some of the stuff that happens in like, remember like after the sheriff saves the town from Mongo, like the mm -hmm. lady comes and brings him a pie. Yeah. And she's like, you she's won't like, tell no, anybody I about to this. apologize. Yeah. yeah. She's like, she says, but you do have the good taste not to tell anybody. I mean, <laughs> that is. It wasn't a good line. That was a bullet right to the center of what happens today. Mm -hmm. I know. No, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you that it doesn't make that it doesn't make racial points. I, I think you're right about that. But it wasn't well delivered. It, it, the comedy styling of it wasn't wasn't oh, done well. I disagree. She had to walk away and then come back, and it was by that point the the moment was gone. I didn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Mel Brooks pacing for you. So yeah, yeah. all right. If it's a democracy, it's going to get greenlit. Yeah. If we all have to agree, it's not. But yeah, so exactly. two, two to two to one four is where we came down. <laughs> yeah. All right. If it's one of those things where we all have to agree, we're probably not making any movies with this production. We're, we're, no, we're not making movies. Probably right. <laughs> All right, we get back to the break. We're going to leave the Wild West and head to the airport. Stick around. Oh, God. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Fasten your seatbelts and get ready to laugh out loud. <laughs> Jim never vomits at home. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. 
I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Johnny, what can you make out of this? This? Why, can make a What a brooch. What pterodactyl could you get? R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Take out TCP. Suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me. This next one makes a lot of people's lists, and there are lists. Like when you search, there's like yeah, the top 25 mil- movies or TV shows or whatever that could never be made today. Uh, and it's uh, it's uh, Zucker Abram Zucker joint. It is Airplane from 1980. Mm. Mm. Now, I assume we've all seen Airplane. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. okay. In case you haven't, fourth listener, here's what we're talking about. The basic premise is after the crew of an airplane becomes sick with food poisoning, a neurotic ex-fighter pilot must land a commercial airplane full of passengers safely. Uh, and it stars uh, Robert Hayes, Julie Haggerty, Leslie Nielsen, oh, not to mention a parade of I know, you know of, other people in large actors, and small like- roles. <laughs> yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is in this movie. Right? Not as himself ostensibly or kind of right. he is. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of films from this era, comedies especially, and this plays in a recurring theme. Part of it, there are some racial overtones in this movie. Part of it, there are the some, uh, I guess you call it sexism or uh-huh. non-feminist yeah. thinking, misogynistic, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff in there. And I found a quote by David Zucker, who actually directed this film. Mm-hmm. And he said, some similar, echoing what Mel Brooks said, said, we seem to be losing our ability to laugh at ourselves and our world. Yeah, I think we are. I think he's, he's on to something there. He goes on to acknowledge that he would struggle to get this film made today because studio executives are scared of backlash over controversial jokes. Yeah. He's not wrong. In his opinion. That's, that's David Zucker's words, not mine. So, yeah, I mean. Funny movie. This, I guess, is probably one we all saw contemporarily. Yeah, when in the eighties, whenever it, when it came out. Yeah, and I see George Wensing is another film. Looks like he doesn't think is funny or interesting. What, yeah, what are you I mean, I, I, this one is different for me though. I did see it like you guys did back when okay. it came out. I think I saw it like a year or two later when it was on VHS. So probably eighty two. Yeah, me too. Probably. Like I don't think mm-hmm. I saw it in the movies. Yeah, I liked this movie at that age. Rewatched it for this episode. Okay. The nostalgia part of me still likes it. The okay. trying to be objective into what that film looks like today, it would have to have, I guess, different production maybe for me to feel like it was a modern film. I would need a little bit tighter writing. The writing was almost like too tight. So maybe looser writing. It, it was like very clipped, like boom, 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 boom. Now let's move to the next thing. Boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. Let's move to the next thing. Boom, kind boom, of mechanical boom. almost. Yeah. Right. A little bit like it didn't give enough time. Like I think blazing saddles did blazing saddles gave enough time between the jokes to develop Cleavon little. He was arguably the star of that film. I think in this oh, one, yeah. Leslie Nielsen and uh, what was the guy who played the fighter pilot? I can never remember his name, but I think it's, I think it's Robert Hayes, Robert Hayes. There yes. you go. Uh, obviously they're the two biggest parts of my memory about this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's okay, but it's difficult to evaluate how this movie would be received today because a lot of those jokes were not only cultural, racial, misogynistic stuff, but they were timed to that specific moment in time. Mm-hmm. And the jokes themselves would need to be rewritten with the same mindset because mm, yeah. the jokes are, are antiquated. You can say, yeah, they might I not speak lay in jive. Yeah, Nobody yeah. now is going to know what the fuck you're talking <laughs> what about. What's jive, right? What's, what's jive? jive? What are you talking like, about? 
my kids would go see the movie because it's supposed to be funny. And then they would come out and they would say, why was that funny? Oh, I didn't understand it. Yeah. 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 Mm. Okay. What I think people definitely get offended about is that the pilot obviously has PTSD, right? I sure. Mean, he, mm-hmm. They keep having the flashbacks and all that stuff. And the fact that it was making fun of that, I think people would definitely. Oh, the making fun of it. On. Good point. Find, finding yeah. humor in it. That would, oh, that would absolutely that. get some write-ups. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I guess PTSD probably wasn't. It just probably wasn't taken as seriously. It wasn't even called PTSD back well, then. I don't know if so it was. Are they it, called it by just name? Started Shell to become shock. PTSD from shell, shell shock. shock, right? Um, yeah. I, okay. I did a paper right. in like '84 in school on it. Okay, because yep. my uncle had it. Um, but you know, for him, it was still yeah. like shell shock or something like that. That they they had different terms. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think you're right. That would absolutely be the part of the movie that would probably be the most controversial. The misogynistic mm-hmm. stuff would be like points that they would bring up in that article, but they would talk right. about yeah. offending our military and the good work that oh, they do. That would become yeah. a big point, Mo. You're right. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah. I found another quote from David Zucker that I think is very probative too. And uh, he said, uh, this is all in one article that I found. But he was saying, although people tell me they love Airplane, and it seems to be included on just about every top five movie comedy list, there was talk at Paramount of withholding the re-release over feared... The re-release! Wow. Not making it again. Over feared backlash for scenes that today would be deemed insensitive. So the studios are really... I mean, it's just it's just the movie that already exists that you could watch right. today. Like, they were just going to try to make some more money off of it. And they're like, mm, I don't know. I, I think they ultimately did. I mean, but. it's understandable that they're having the conversations, but it doesn't yes, sound like... Yep they actually held it back from re-release. They went ahead and went through it. No, it ultimately did. That's an important point to make. It's not that studio execs shouldn't have these conversations. They absolutely should. They have a responsibility on both sides of that argument. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it sounds like that, at least in this case and maybe some others, that they're making the right decisions. I think the difference is in the past, we just didn't have the conversations. Now we are having the conversation. I don't think yeah, that's a bad true. thing. Yeah. To me, I mean, this movie was just, it was absurd, right? I mean, it was, and I think it was meant to be an absurd movie, yeah. right? I mean, none of it made sense. It was just one, one liner after another, which were that's a brilliant one liners in it. True. You know, I'm thinking though, as far as the, uh, the uh, I don't know. I, I just think about like what other parts of besides the uh, PTSD thing would get like hit up on this thing. I mean, there's drug abuse. Oh, I picked a bad day. Stop sniffing glue. Uh, You'd have the child molestation thing would probably get another write up. Mm-hmm. The whole oh, thing yeah. where the yeah. pilot is yeah. telling little right. Johnny to You're sit on a his grown knee. man naked. Right. right. That mm-hmm. would probably yeah. get a write up or at least a paragraph. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. The misogyny, while frowned upon, is not like a cancelable offense because we have misogynistic characters in modern films today. Yeah. They're just treated as dumbasses. Yeah. You know, so we, we just look at them that way. And they were kind of, I guess, really, everybody kind of was in this film. Dumbasses and heroes alike were both kind of, uh, they were mansplaining left and right, too, you know, all True. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I don't know who found this. It might have been you, Mo, but there was a discussion on yeah. Reddit that I thought was really amusing that said uh, one user asked uh, why the movie wouldn't fly today. <laughs> and Melting Diamond replied, because jokes at the airport tend to get you tased now. <laughs> <laughs> not not particularly pertinent to our discussion of making the film, but I thought that was really amusing. And he's, yeah. he's right. I remember flying. I was like, nope, nope. Nope. <sighs> Okay, so are we? I think we're at a point now. Any other? Any other no. kind of observations? All right. So, uh, George, I held you for last last time. Let's start with you, Gen X Grown Up Production Company. This film, what are we doing with it? Uh, 
Green light or red light? Um, mm-hmm. This one's a toss-up for me. I think mm-hmm. with a little bit better editing, a little bit better pacing, um, obviously some better graphics because, you know, it was 1980 versus 2023. <laughs> yeah, I think I could green light this movie. I think I could. Without too much problem, I don't think I'd be terribly worried about the PTSD stuff. I don't think I'd be terribly worried about the child molestation humor. I'd probably spend that like I would have him wear a Catholic collar or some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like a Catholic <laughs> priest pilot, maybe, or something. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I could spin it enough that I feel like it could get made with some notes from us at the studio office. Yeah. How does South Park get away with all this stuff? They do this all the time. Because understand. they don't give a shit. Yeah, I guess so. And they're, they're, Well, you know, the thing is, because people go, oh, that's just South Park. That's how they are. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like your racist great-grandmother. Like, oh, that's Nana. Yeah. It's just how she is. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows she's in the crisis. It's fine. All right. You know, so I hear what you're saying, George. And But what I think I heard you say is if we change it enough and spin it, we can green light it. Not, and I don't need it changed enough. I just need some well, tweaks you, done to make it a modern film. It, you're not releasing yeah, the indie you. version yeah. of this now. And, it's not going to be. And bring the jokes up to date and that kind of thing or things you want to do. So I love Airplane. But this movie, as it is, I don't think I can green light it. It's just too many little things about it. Yeah, I hadn't thought about the PTSD thing. And, uh, you know, that's that's bordering on some area that's just it's not make funnable for me. And I hadn't considered that Hmm. because when I watch the movie, it's compartmentalized. And I'm just, oh, it's airplane. Like, it's oh, it's just South Park. But thinking of it today, I would be uncomfortable green lighting. And I think not just for that reason, for a couple of others, though. Yeah. What do you think, Mo? So if it's a tiebreaker, if it's a majority, I mean, I was on the I'm I'm, it's I'm Whatever I decide is going to be leaning that way. Is that it can be strongly that right. way, you know, because okay. it seems like it's kind of like right in the cusp here. One thing is that this movie was an original movie when it first came out. Like there wasn't any kind of humor movies like this. You know, now they mm-hmm. did Naked Gun after it. They did other right. movies after it that had similar kind of humor. But this is. Oh, yeah. Like, this absurdist this humor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if looking at it that if like I did like this is the again, an original movie, you know, that type of humor, that kind of stuff. I, I'm probably I'm going to go with George and say like, yeah, I mean, modernize mm. the jokes, obviously, because mm-hmm. some of the stuff is just out of context would not make sense. Okay. Right. But yeah. I would lean towards it maybe I lean heavier into some of these jokes I actually tell you the truth and make him you know maybe a little stronger but yeah I would probably greenlit it yeah. Hmm. yeah there are large swaths that I'd be fine with but there mm-hmm. are little there are little divots in here that if I'm being honest with myself I would have to modify the film to be comfortable with green lighting it and that's not really what I'm I think that defeats the purpose of our exercise yeah. so so again two to one if it's a democracy great new airplanes getting made if not <laughs> like you said George ain't nothing getting made because Ryan all gonna agree probably. right so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right stick around we're gonna leave the airport and head to college after this (laughs) i'm allison holland host of the kennedy dynasty podcast equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the kennedy family i am joined by an incredible cast of experts friends and guests to take you on a fun relaxed yet informative journey through history and pop culture from book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. One of the funniest films of the year. I laughed my head off. Sneak previews. 
It's gratifying, raunchy, and uproarious. <laughs> the Nerds Triumph, Los Angeles Times. It's really, really funny. I was rolling on the floor, as did all the other members of the audience. KHJTV, Los Angeles. And USA Today says, this is great stuff. Three cheers for nerds. I'd link to that. Revenge of the Nerds, rated R. Check newspapers for theaters. All right, so let's go to college. Mm. So this movie, uh, okay, the movie is Revenge of the Nerds, which came out in 1984. And for those of you who haven't seen this movie, at Adams College, a group of bullied outcasts and misfits resolved to fight back for their peace and self-respect. And it had Robert Carradine, Anthony Edwards. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. a whole, I mean, again, a lot of people went on to do a lot of other work Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from this, but it had a ton of people. And man, let me tell you, I I had a hard time rewatching this movie. I mean, it was just like, (laughs) What, you mean today or back then? Yeah, no, today. Really? I I honestly didn't care for it that much when it first came out, too. Everyone else was, like, loving this movie. I was like, it just made me feel uncomfortable, to be quite honest. Because to me, it was like, it was trying to make nerds cool, and I didn't feel like they were (laughs) in this. I thought they were just becoming, like, the (laughs) other people. Wow, like the people so they you did like were the just asshole. Into that. Wow. That might have been. I could have been, yeah. <laughs> I was as nerdy as they come. And watching this, I was like, and I guess some of the things too, which today would not fly, like um, the one Asian student, every time they showed him, like he had the little, you know, the Japanese you know, ding, 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 music in the oh, background. Yeah. And he's wearing the, right. the kamikaze Ooh. headband. And, mm-hmm. you know, just the, the, the thing about it, which is just like, I was just not comfortable with it. I, so. I love the fact that it was Jaime Cromwell instead of James Cromwell. It was before he Americanized yeah. his name. <laughs> I just thought that was so. Every time I watch that film, that's the first thing I notice every time when they're going through the credits. I, you know, I I still love this movie. This was one of those that like Blazing Saddles is for you two guys. This is one that hit right in the middle of my coming to love films kind of time frame. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me, the biggest pain point of this movie today would not be the trick rape scene that everybody talks about on every list that this thing makes. What's what's worse than that? What's the other part? I think the thing (laughs) that would draw the most ire, especially from the younger audience that this would be targeted towards would be the bullying itself. My son, 20 years old, just got out of high school a year or two ago. He was on the football team. He was actually a standout on the football team, started offensive line. He was ogre essentially, right? He was that character as far as Uh what he did in football but the thing that i know he would be asking as he came out of that film with his friends or to me would be why are the jocks being jerks to the nerds everybody at my school gets along nobody gets bullied in that way because we don't allow it yeah i think their generation especially you know 20 and under right now they are so hyper educated toward being careful about bullying each other, especially with, you know, we had the mm-hmm. Orlando shootings and uh, that was, you mm-hmm. know, a bunch of stuff at schools and everything, all the mass school shootings and everything that have come out since that movie was made. That would probably mm-hmm. be the biggest sticking point of this film. Mm-hmm. I had not thought about the bullying aspect actually at all, but you're, you have a really good point there. <laughs> But you mentioned the part that I thought we were going to mostly be focusing on, which is like distribution of someone's nude photos mm-hmm. and kind of coerced rape, right. and the kind of thing. And that that's a huge part of it, too, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, th- I mean, they had a lot like, again, putting the camera into the girl's shower or the sorority, whatever right, it was. In right. In their whole house. And they had yeah. the thing mm-hmm. in the whole yep. house. And then the guy who dressed up as the girl's boyfriend mm-hmm. and disguised himself yep. so he could sleep with her. You know, that's the one that I think a lot of people have an issue with. That's the trick rape yeah. scene. hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. 
yep, that's a trick rape yeah, scene. Right. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just seems like, is this very, very juvenile humor? Like, sure. Mm-hmm. Extremely juvenile well, humor. And, and that trick was a victory. Like, that was... Yeah. That was the He's, that was the won. goal of that part of the film was to accomplish that right. sexual encounter. So what's the title trickery. of the movie? Yeah, well, it's Revenge of the Nerds. Right, that was one of their revenges. Mm-hmm. Right, it to was, sleep yeah. with somebody else's girlfriend. Right, exactly. Right. And but to at, steal at the expense her. of someone who they weren't even mad at. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were kind of mad at her. She she had been a part of the bullying earlier in the film. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not nothing that justifies it, but yes. No, no, no. I'm not saying it justifies <laughs> it. I'm just saying you no, said no, that I'm not she wasn't. You are. I'm just clarifying. You were saying they weren't mad at her they were absolutely mad at her as well she was as much of an antagonist as the alpha football player all right all right yeah okay yeah so how about this one scene though this one scene in here that we didn't talk about which just also maybe uncomfortable the one gay member remember the whole javelin toss thing yeah lamar lamar yeah yeah Yeah. and remember they did it so for the way he runs it made this really efficient the bouncy like (laughs) javelin thing yeah yeah. And I'm like, right. ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I saw that one. I was like, ugh. Yeah. So it goes back to another Chasing Amy reference for me. Kevin Smith, he has the mm. the character in there who's also a gay black man. And he says a line. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have to project this persona of being militant and straight because I am a minority of a minority of a minority. I am a gay black mm. man, ostensibly the swishiest of the bunch is how he puts it. Mm. Yeah. So this was almost 40 years ago, 39 years ago now, right? Yeah, 84 is that when it came out? Yeah. yeah. And it seems like even back then, the general like tone and culture was that anything sexual is taboo. Yeah, it's America for you. Don't even talk about whether it's rape in general. Yeah, right? yeah it's, it's, it's North America. And, and you don't publicly discuss it. And so that's why movies used sex because it was salacious and mm-hmm. you, you, it was taboo and it made people uncomfortable. It was hitting that demographic they wanted, young men. They right. Yeah, young movies, men. That's right. You know? And so it was a way for like creatives, like filmmakers to like use it for comedy, to lash back at the norms of society. Mm-hmm. And the problem is today, that hasn't changed that much. Like the sensibility is still, you don't talk about sex, it's taboo, you don't publicize it. But when anything gets comedy out of it, it's pushing those boundaries. And now it gets, boom, knocked back hard on social media. It mm-hmm. could cripple the box office right out of the game. Because yeah. there's a big kerfuffle and they review bomb it on Rotten Tomatoes before they know the context or whether or not it's actually good or funny. It just it's pushing up against our norms and it gets attacked. I think it and that's I think that's it gets a little bit more defense now from from different segments of the society, though. Used to be if something was over sexualized, everybody hated. It. Oh, it was a bad thing, bad thing. But let's go sneak in and watch it anyway. That was the typical (laughs) response. But now you have movies like uh, a recent one that's kind of in the same milieu, No Hard Feelings, the Jennifer Lawrence film that came out. Hilarious. Right? Yep. Mm -hmm. That movie was very well received. I'm not saying it made a million dollars, you know, or whatever. It made a million Mm -hmm. dollars, but, you know, a billion dollars. (laughs) But there (laughs) is the whole storyline about an older woman sleeping or being paid to sleep with a younger high school kid. There is mm-hmm. her in the nude fight scene on the beach. All of that stuff yep. came out in this movie, and that movie didn't get near the criticism that a movie like I was of the Nerds did in its time. You mm-hmm. know, the big difference with that movie is that everybody had a heart of gold. Like, nobody mm-hmm. was tricking anybody. Everyone had good intentions. You know, she was down in her luck and needed a car. Well, she was still tricking that kid, though. <laughs> he got his heart broke. <laughs> the parents were paying her to do it. Yeah, yeah, fair. Okay, she was in on subterfuge. That's true. But she wasn't taking advantage of the kid. She wasn't trying to trick the kid other than do what she, she was, was being paid to, to do, some, which but, was you know. show him a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Revenge of the Nerds. I think we pretty well covered it. Shall we mm-hmm. hit our vote? Yeah. Are we there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think Mo went first. George no, went first. Go I don't remember. Did you? Oh, George more go first. Yeah, yeah I'll go do first it for time. So get us going. I would. I would definitely not greenlight it just because I think the whole premise just wouldn't make sense today. Like mm. to what George was saying before about how yep. it, it, no one would be able to relate to this particular two groups of people mm-hmm. being bullied and that kind of thing. Like even nerds themselves aren't really even a thing that much anymore, really. I mean, they kind of are, but Nerds not. are celebrated now. Why would yeah. they ever have revenge? They run the damn world. Yeah, they make <laughs> way more money. Uh, revenge of um, the so, jocks is what we need. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would not be just mostly for that reason. I still think the movie would would resonate right now. Yeah. All right. I, I'm going to, I'm going to back you up, Mo. I, I don't think I would green light this either. Uh, I mean, even if we modernized it and kept the story beats, but modernized the, the, you know, the, the, the groups, the groups and who they are mm-hmm. and flipped it or whatever. I just the bullying I hadn't even considered George, but really I think it's how sensitive we are about, you know, people's nudes leaking digitally and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, they're making fun out of it. And I, I don't think it makes good sense these days. So I, I would probably not green light it on beyond my own thinking. And then the bullying thing I didn't thought of that. That's another point against it. So what about you, George? Well, shit, I don't get a vote. It's already two to th- two to one, no matter what I say, but, but you have an opinion. I do have an opinion. <laughs> I always have an opinion. Uh, I honestly, I think I agree with both of you. I don't think I would, would green light this one either because the dichotomy mm-hmm. of the two opposing forces, nerds versus jocks, is not the same story that it was in 84 mm-hmm. that it is yeah. in 2023. That's for sure. Yeah. And the the salacious parts of the film that would get people to rah, 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 but here's my money for my ticket kind of reactions. <laughs> I don't think it would be enough. I don't think mm. the things in that movie mm. would draw enough people to come to the box office for our movie as opposed mm-hmm. to just crushing the shit out of it on social media. So we would yeah. spend yeah. $20 million making this film today and we would lose 19 and a half. Like this would be lucky <laughs> if it made $500,000 in a two week release. It just wouldn't mm. do well. It wouldn't become a cult yeah. classic. It wouldn't find an audience and you'd have to yeah. just it's a snapshot of its time yeah you'd have to do a complete retool i love the film i still go back and watch it once a year because i enjoy it it has that nostalgic kick for me i would yep. not make it today red light there we go okay first unanimous a unanimous one we still haven't made a movie but finally we're unanimous <laughs> <laughs> all right we have one more movie ahead of us and this one actually takes place in our home state of florida came out in 1981 <laughs> i'll let you think about it during this break you've got questions we've got answers Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. In our commercial for the new motion picture comedy, Porky's, we can only show you the outside of Porky's because what happens inside is not to be believed. We can only show you this much of the locker room scene, this much of the cabin scene, 
but we can tell you when you see Porky's, you'll be seeing the funniest movie about growing up ever made. Porky's. You, too, will be back for a second look. Rated R. Starts Friday, March 19th at a selected theater near you. As John alluded to before the break, this is a Florida-based film, so you can only imagine it is highbrow, super intelligent <laughs> kind of humor. <laughs> it's full of Florida men. That's right. Well, this is Florida in film form. This is 1981's Porky's. Here's the synopsis. Oh, yeah. In 1954... Not 1981, but in 1954, a group of Florida high school guys try to help their buddy lose his virginity, which leads them to seek revenge on a sleazy nightclub owner. I'm going to substitute nightclub for strip club and his redneck <laughs> sheriff brother for harassing them. It starred Dan Monahan, Mark Harrier, Kim Cattrall is the only name you're going to recognize from this, this came out of movie. Yeah, really. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a solid film for that particular moment in time, but it is incredibly controversial back then. And even today, it's still number one or two on these movies that wouldn't get made today. Kind of, I know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. I saw a quote. I was browsing through. You know, sometimes articles. Sometimes I find things on reddit and i found this discussion this guy uh sgt ed rock said back then we thought it was all hilarious as teenagers plus you know boobies right <laughs> now it's like oh hey pretty sure that's a sex crime yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's not like wrong almost every other scene right and it's not just mm -hmm. Porky's. There was a Porky's 2, again, more sex oh, crimes. Yeah. Porky's 3, yep. again, more sex yep. crimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, very few of the characters were even redeemable. And you kind of need nope. that in a comedy good somebody, film. Right? You need somebody that's redeemable. Yeah. I mean, almost no one was. Everybody's yeah. out for number one, and we'll stop at nothing. Yeah. Mm. It was funny. When this movie came out, I was like, I didn't see it, like, early. So all my friends were, like, talking about it, you know, because everyone was talking about Porky's. So I went in there thinking, like, it was going to be like this, you know, oh, I'm going to see, you know, breasts and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't a lot of that. I mean, we, I mean, throughout the whole movie, there was some, but, it, like, not as much as <laughs> it was shower talked scene. up to be. That's the one that everybody would talk about, just the shower scene. There's a lot of naked yeah. dudes, if you want to see that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, it, but, like, I think people talked it up more than it was. Uh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, because I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, you know, where is it? Um, <laughs> the thing that gets me is this movie is uh, when it when people talk about its controversies, it's always around the sexual angle. Nobody yeah. goes into the horrible fatherly abuse racist storyline that was there for the one kid that was on the basketball team that started the fight with the Jewish oh. kid and then oh, his yeah. father yeah. beat the shit out of him at the dance and said, you know, you let a Jewish boy be and just, you know, he was like the 1950s oh, yeah, motorcycle yeah. literal right. guy mm had -hmm. just gotten back out of prison or some shit. Nobody brings that stuff up to me, even today that would be more jarring and it was back then mm. than mm -hmm. the sexual stuff sexual stuff was like ooh boobies you know i'm 81 i'm happy yeah. <laughs> but that guy you know calling the jewish guy all the bad names and the yeah. fights mm -hmm. that were around yeah. that, that part really jarred me yeah yeah well just generally throughout this film so this is my blazing saddles, George. And I have a deficit in my brain where I think I've seen films and then I see them and I go, oh, crap, I haven't seen this film. Uh, <laughs> I was certain I'd seen Porky's, but I went back to rewatch it for mm -hmm. this episode. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's just like war games. Remember we talked about war games? I was sure I would have testified in a court of law I'd seen it. <laughs> 
And then I started watching. I'm like, I've heard of all these scenes because everybody in my school was talking about them in yeah. middle school, junior high. So I felt like I had seen it, but I think I never actually got out to see it or didn't pick it up and rent it or whatever. I, who knows what the deal was, but now I've seen it. And so again, I don't have the nostalgia for it at all, other sure. than secondhand nostalgia that people told me about the movie back then. But there's a general predatory attitude towards sex. Sex is, that wouldn't fly today. I think the reason they say you wouldn't do it is like, it was a conquest. It was a bargain you had to, uh, to, to cut. It was, well, it was a, like a line to be a man, right? In order to cross. Meet somebody in a there shack was, and yeah, they made you a man. Part. And yes, yeah, all that. And it's just the conquest access. Like there was no discussion of any relationships anybody had. Not that you don't, ha- that you have to have love with sex, but it didn't even factor in. Nobody even mentioned it really. You know, it was like, just, just kind of. V- vague little hints here and there, but they were not the focal point of any of the scenes. You're right. Yeah, they, they were not shown off in the characters yeah. at all. It was just kind of, they were more about what can I get for me? Like you said, the mm-hmm. characters were all for themselves. Nobody redeemable. Yeah. That was kind of, that was a takeaway that I had. Well, before we get to the vote, which I, mm-hmm. I, I'll be interested to see how this vote goes, because honestly, mm-hmm. I'm not even 100% sure. But to me, <laughs> this movie has a modern equivalent called Superbad. You guys probably have seen that or at least heard about it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I think Superbad was McLovin. a more modern-ish equivalent um and not only did that get made but it's a really good film if you go back and watch super bad it's a good you know like mm-hmm. teen angst kind of you know film yes. yeah. us learning how to grow out of high school into the adults we become kind of thing which i think porkies might have started out as a kernel of that mm-hmm. idea <laughs> yeah. and then went hard line right script. into boobs <laughs> and everything else yeah well to your point super bad the characters had layers they there did. was more going on mm-hmm. than just the shenanigans right which is a modern yeah. you know i mean filmmaking has changed in 30 40 years mm-hmm. obviously but you know that was enough boobies were enough back then shenanigans right. were enough maybe yeah but uh, okay yeah but it, it, comparable you're right so i think it's time to jump us into the vote then based on that so okay, okay. i'm gonna start with john this time john okay red yeah. light or green light um so again i don't have any nostalgia for it mm-hmm. so i'm purely based on what i've just seen in the last week or so right and I, it's not even it is about the the crassness of the content and the two-dimensionality of the characters and the insensitivity and all that. But in general, it's just, it's not an entertaining movie either. Now you said we're not factoring it was a good movie. I get that. But as an executive, I'm factoring in all of that. Plus, I don't think there's much <laughs> redeeming quality in it. And frankly, I'm, I'm not going to green light it. And it also, like you said, Porky's 2, Porky's 3. If you can't make Porky's, you can't make half the teen sex comedies from the 80s, really. Because a <laughs> lot of them were this. <laughs> so I'll be the first no vote. All right, yeah. Mo, what about you? Um, I'm a no, but mostly because, like you said, it was just like there's nothing redeemable about the characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In it, yeah. you know, like you don't root for anybody. You don't, you know, you never root th- for them to be successful or not successful. Like, yeah. Either way, like you just don't yeah. really, doesn't really matter so much. It's like the world's tamest stag film. It's like yeah, you're just it really watching is. it to see what they do, not what the story is almost. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, for that. So I probably wouldn't be just for that reason, to be honest. Yeah. yeah fair enough. <laughs> I, I take a look at these films from our past, especially the ones that I've seen. And I think mm-hmm. first, 
do I rewatch that film today? Yeah, then good, second, measure, why yeah. do I rewatch that film if I do? Or why do I not mm-hmm. if I don't? With mm-hmm. this film, I don't rewatch this film today. It's on my Plex server. So anybody who has access mm-hmm. out there, you can go watch Porky's and see all the stuff we're talking about. It's that's where I watched it. Right. <laughs> it's an okay movie. Uh, the characters are two dimensional at best. Most of the time they're yeah. one dimensional. Um, I would say that singularity. It's not really it's not really worth the effort to take the poor script that this would be presented to us as to try and get a rewrite or anything else. Not only would I not green light the film, I wouldn't even ask somebody to come back with, I'd be like, take the script away. Don't ever fucking come back to our offices again. Because it's, it's not that I didn't like it back then. In 81, I loved it. 2023, mm-hmm. it's kind of shitty. Yeah, not worth remaking. No. Okay, another mm-hmm. unanimous. Again, we have not made any movies, but at least we agreed twice. <laughs> yeah. So let's take our small victories. I guess if we're going to democratically, we did make two movies. We made two movies democratically. We all need to agree. Yeah, yeah okay, fair enough. All right. That was an exciting experiment. We haven't done anything quite like this before. And uh, fourth listeners will let us know. Don't do that garbage again. Or that was interesting. <laughs> we like the debate. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you let us know. You'll <laughs> let right us know if we're red us. light or green light from now on. <laughs> right. We have red lit you. Here's a new review on iTunes. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just our opinions. Before we leave, though, we have to talk about one of our generous, amazing patrons. You know, every once in a while, we talk about a new patron. Then we talk about patrons who give us a raise for no particular reason. And we want to thank Tony R. If you're over on Discord with us, he goes by Fat Tony over there. Oh, yeah, he yeah. visited us in Atlanta at SFGE. Yeah, he guy. flew over to spend time with us. And Tony's been a patron for a long time at what used to be our top tier of 25 bucks a month, which is mm-hmm. astounding mm-hmm. to contribute 25 bones for something you get for free because you believe in it. Tony quadrupled his pledge. Mm. Wow. I, I don't I don't know how to talk about that, quite honestly. It's it's it, look thank every you? contribution. <laughs> right. Every it's bit of support. Just it, say thank it, you. Well, thank you is the there. Up. There you go. <laughs> it just it feels so overwhelming. And so, you know, someone is willing to put that much faith in us yeah. and contribute to our success and make sure that we can do what we do. Tony, you know that we love you, like we love all of our patrons. And today, just for you, we're gonna love you a little bit more than everybody else <laughs> because of your generosity. <laughs> You, I talk all the time about this amazing group of people who support us wherever they do, whether it's on YouTube or Patreon or wherever. Uh, he's been around for a long time with us. And his if he didn't contribute a penny, he's a huge part of our community oh, and yeah. our fan base. Uh, and his commitment to us is just, it's it's overwhelming. What can you say, Mo? Like you said, thank you. Yeah. From the bottom of our That's hearts awesome. for your continued and reinvigorated support. Uh, I know Tony's working on opening a brand new record store where he lives. Mm, yeah, I wish right? him all That's the success. Cool. So I hope that goes well so that you can continue to support us the way you do. So, <laughs> all success to you. Thank you. If you would like to join Tony at a lower rate, perhaps it's okay. You can do it for as little as a dollar a month. Just head over to genxrunup.com slash Patreon. They'll walk you through how to do it. It's very easy and we appreciate every nickel that you send our way. Thanks so much. All right. With that, that is going to wrap up our backtrack. Don't worry. We have another one coming in two weeks and a regular edition of our show coming next week. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I appreciate you, pal. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, you're the one we all appreciate most of all, though. We can't wait to talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? 
Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Is the fact that the pilot is suffering from PST, you know, PTSD, yeah, PTSD, PTSD. I'm sorry, PSD you know? is yeah. specific standard P- time. He's suffering from yeah, being sorry, in sorry. California. <laughs> <laughs> He's suffering from living in California. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, but we, have yeah. a, we have a blooper. Say it again, and we'll fix it, and then we'll use your blooper. I thought we could have just kept going. That was funny. I don't know, but, so well, I don't have a blooper yet, so I need one. <laughs> okay. I'm already editing in my head. <laughs> My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.